Garth Brooks had 70,000 fans inside Nissan Stadium over the weekend ready for the Garth Brooks show, but it was called at the last minute. Got the story coming up, plus Morgan Wallen hits the big stage at Bridgestone Arena over the weekend in Nashville, too. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My name is Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. I'm glad to be here today. It's kind of been a little rough morning um, for us. We lost a really dear friend and I wanted you to, um, I wanted you to say a little bit about Sandy because she, I know there's a lot of people who listen to our podcast who knew Sandy, but there's also a lot of people I was telling you, I can't imagine the people that she met, at, that met her at the buckboard, but weren't, maybe weren't friends with her, but just came into her circle of kindness right. because she was so kind, so warm, so sweet. Um, Sandy Bennett was one of the first people I met when I moved to Atlanta in back in 94, when I was 19 years old, um, Sandy passed about one o'clock this morning. I, I, I knew that it was coming. Um, but that doesn't take the numbness away. I, I've never felt the pain of losing a parent yet. Uh, both of my parents are, are not in good health, but, but living in North Carolina. Um, Sandy, I called mom, mama, because she was that to me when I was here in Atlanta, she was my surrogate mother. Um, Sandy was the cook for lack of a better term at the Buckboard country music showcase, which was, you've heard us talk about it in previous podcasts, an iconic venue. And John Galuccio, who owned the Buckboard would book artists before they hit big. The Dixie chicks, Garth Brooks, Billy Ray Cyrus, hundreds of artists that would run through the Buckboard. So Wendy Hill in 41. I yes. Yeah. Sandy, right by boomers. Right down the road, in the same strip mall. Yes. Strip being the key word there. Yes. As, uh, as uh, what was it called? Boomers. Boomers. Uh, Sandy would do lunches on Thursdays at the Buckboard, and, and the regulars knew that, and it was a great lunch. I mean, a home-cooked lunch. She would also, though, prepare meals for the artists that came through. And these artists um, could have been on the road for weeks and not had a, a, a good home-cooked meal. They're eating out of fast food restaurants and places like that. And Sandy would also make sure that as they left after their concert, that the bus was packed with some snacks and some food and probably snuck them a 12 case or a case of beer on the bus to enjoy <laughs> as they you know drove overnight to the next, uh, to the next gig. Um, Sandy was one of the most, other than my mother, Grammy and, and you, Donna, uh, Sandy was uh, the most influential woman in my entire life. And um, I, I was talking to my dad this morning who called just to check in with the family and see how things were going. And he could tell that I was kind of off a little bit. And he says, everything okay, Freddie Rabbit? That's what my dad always called me, Freddie Rabbit. And I said, Dad, it's not. And I said, um, uh, you know, Sandy Bennett uh, passed overnight. And he said, uh, <laughs> he said, hi, didn't she flash me one time at an NASCAR oh, race? Oh, my gosh. All, that, that's and what I she said, was known yes, for. yes, Dad. He said, yes, I remember Sandy. <laughs> uh, Sandy, listen. Uh, her nickname to many was bitch. Yeah. And that was a term of endearment. She actually had a tattoo on her boob. Oh my God. That said bitch. <laughs> uh, she loved that, 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 that nickname. And, and there were many artists who would be on stage at the buckboard playing mid show. And they would uh, be looking around the crowd and their eyes would, you know, for whatever reason, lock with Sandy in the kitchen in the, in the, in the corner of the venue. And Sandy would raise her top yes. and shake her boobies right. at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been to Talladega. I've been to Daytona. I've been to Atlanta Motor Speedway multiple times with Sandy and friends and her family. And 
um, that that was her calling card, you know. Um, but she was she was. Um, that sounds she, that sounds crazy, but it's so true. No, she was a is. force of nature, though. She had like a, a such a large personality. You know, everybody who met her, you just and the best smile. Her smile could light up. A and room. the laugh, yeah, the yes, laugh yes. was infectious. Um, so, um, you know, Sandy also managed the subway on Holcomb Bridge Road here in Roswell. And when I got here at 19, I was, I don't know how I got into the buckboard at 19, but I, I did. Through the back door. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was talking with Sandy one night and I said, um, yeah, I'm bored during the day. I don't ha- I didn't have to be the radio station until 630. I did seven to midnight at the time. That was my shift. And I said, I got to find something to do. I need money. But more than that, I need friends. I didn't know a single person when I moved here to Atlanta back in 94. And uh, the next day, I was a, sub, a sandwich a sandwich artist at Subway. Which nobody believes. The kids don't believe. It's hilarious. And I would work from 10 to 4, Monday through Friday. And then I would go back to my apartment. And then I would shower and wash off the oil and vinegar and mm. mayonnaise and mustard for my Tuna. shirt. Shower and change clothes. And then I would go to the radio station. Yeah. Twice, I was crowned sandwich artist of the month. But were you really or she just gave it to you? Well, I was there for five years. Okay, so you earned twice, it. You earned it. Five years, okay, I you earned it. it. You earned it. And so... Um, you got a plaque on the wall and there's a plaque on the wall and you got your name added for the month. And the first time I got it, the, the, the little, uh, you know, the thing, the thing with your name on it in the month came back and it said Cadillac Jack. And, and Sandy could tell that I was a, a little uneasy and I had nothing to do. It, seriously. I was not embarrassed or, or shamed that I was working yeah, at you're working nights. Yeah. I, but I, I needed to get out and meet people. Um, but I couldn't have another job. My contract said that. And so my fear was kicks, could find out that I was working another job and I'm a brand new kid or right. employee and I'm 19 years old and they put a lot of trust in me for this position. And so Sandy removed it. She took it down. She put it in her office and two days later, uh, there was another tag that appeared and it had the month on it and it said CJ. And that's where I got my nickname. Um, obviously, it's the initials of Cadillac Jack, right. but, but it was Subway where everybody that kind of started. Um, and some of the closest and dearest friends that are still in my life today are not um, friends that I necessarily met through the radio station or, or networking through the radio station in 25 years. It was people that I met at Subway, that I worked with at Subway, or yeah. customers that I met at Subway, or, or Sandy's family. Yeah, that circle. Y'all were like a, y'all were like, the friends that hung out together with her were like a family too. I, um, I, I always was so envious of the Bennett family. Because looking back now, I understand why. And it's because mine was just so screwed up. My family was screwed up. Uh, Sandy's husband, Wes, um, they divorced. Wes remarried Kim. And Sandy, Wes, and Kim, they would go out to eat together. They lived they on would, a compound for they a while. Would, they, yeah. they, they, would, they would all have Thanksgiving dinner together with the kids and, and now the grandkids and um, I, I never understood that because growing up in a split family, my parents are divorced and uh, they wouldn't speak to each other and didn't for 15 years, you know? Yeah, it was, it was, I remember, and I would always have to get you when I, when we first started dating, I was like, okay, now how are they all related? Like, it was almost like you had to do like a board because I'm like, wait, is Sandy still with Wes? No, they They're divorced. divorced. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and the kids too, Wes and, and, and Sandy's kids, Shane, Matt and Heidi became, we all became very, very close friends. And I was also always envious of their relationship because they were, they were tight. They were true 
brothers and sisters and, and they, they, they stood up for one another and they, um, um, you could tell that the love that they had for just the whole family unit, it was new to me. I'd never seen something like that before. And it was, uh, there were some wild times too. Oh yeah. There were some wild times. Uh, I, someone reached out to me and I have not, I thought about him quite a bit in, in, in the past years. Uh, he was a sergeant with the Roswell Police Department. His name is Danny Bates, B-A-T-E-S, Sergeant Bates at the time. We used to go to the Brunswick Lanes in Roswell. I remember I mean, that. We lived there because they had cosmic bowling that started at midnight. And drinks. And karaoke. I mean, for us, that was, I mean, no kidding. We were there every single weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for cosmic bowling. And they hired off, uh, you know, they hired off-duty Roswell PD officers to keep everybody uh, on the up and up. And we got to know Sergeant Bates pretty well because he was one of the officers that was there every weekend. And one weekend, things just got out of control, and everybody was just in the cups and Sideways. whatever. And somebody, I'm sure, was going to drive. And Sergeant Bates walked out, and he said, no, 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 Sandy, Caddy, CJ, uh, get in my car. And we got in a Rosal PD Cruiser, and Sergeant Bates drove us back to Sandy's house on Grimesbridge Road, which wasn't three miles maybe. Um, but when I visited with Sandy about a week ago, um, we shared stories and we laughed and we cried. And uh, that was one of the stories that, uh, that we laughed about so much. Uh, Shane, when you got to Sandy's house, if you were, if you were drinking and it was, it was that house that everybody went to and then partied out and congregated, Shane would throw your keys on the roof of Sandy's house. So you couldn't drive. So you couldn't drive. Yeah. Which was good. Um, I have kept in contact with Sandy and we visited, you know, uh, and, and lunched and, I got a text about a week ago from Heidi, her daughter, and and Heidi said, um, "Mom's not doing well. Uh, we brought in hospice, and um, you may want to come and, and 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 visit." And I didn't know a whole lot about hospice, and I, I texted I text Heidi back, and I said, "Listen, I, please don't think that I'm being insensitive." I said, "But is she?" Like lucid, can right. she talk? Will yeah. she know I'm yeah. here or yeah. that I'm there? Because I, I just I wanted to mentally prepare myself too. And Heidi said she is. Uh, I told her that you're coming tomorrow, and and she lit up. Um, and so I went the next day at eleven o'clock, and um, I visited with her briefly uh, a couple of times prior. Um, but this this was the last. We knew that this was the last moment. Everybody kind of knew that, and um. We were talking and I was holding her hand and I'd taken my glasses off because I'd been crying and I'd set them on a nightstand, you know, beside her, her bed and her oxygen tube had kind of gotten cattywampus in her nose and her nostrils, you know, so I was trying to fix that and I couldn't see. So I put my glasses on and I looked at her and I said, damn, you look like shit. And Sandy in true Sandy fashion without missing a beat. I mean, she's literally on her deathbed. Yeah. And she looks at me and she says, F you. <laughs> and not, didn't say F, she said the word. And that's when I knew that. Uh, it was going to be okay. It was going to be okay. And so. Um, she still had that sandy spirit. She did. She did. And, and and she loved you so much. And she really, she really took care of you. I mean, yeah. she took you, you know, after you got divorced, she, she gave you a place to live. And she was so good to Will. She was. Uh, you know, when I divorced Dawn, when Dawn and I divorced, she divorced me, I guess, technically. Um, Will was maybe two, three years old. Yeah, he was little. And I, I was homeless and yeah. penniless. 
And Sandy offered me a room in her home. At this time, she lived on Pilgrim Hill Road up and coming. And I lived in a little room in her house. And we lived together. We were roommates. And uh, when I would have visitation with Will on my weekends, we would either go to my dad's in Asheville or I would stay in Gatlinburg where, we're, where Will technically lived with his mother or we would come back to coming and swim in the pool with Sassy. Will called her Sassy. Um, and Sandy would always have a couple of little toys that she picked up at Walmart. Very sweet. Uh, for Will. I reached out to him this morning and just to let him know that his Sassy had uh, had passed. She She hung on about a week longer than... Yeah. Anybody expected. Yeah. But she touched so many people in, in with her very colorful circle of friends, whether from the Buckboard or whether from the Bennett family or whether from um, Subway or. Whatever. I mean, you're so lucky if you have someone like that in your life. You know, they don't come around a lot, but just somebody who truly 150% believes in you, good or bad, you know, may not always approve of everything you're doing, but. Just loves you. And she didn't. Unconditionally. She did not. No, I mean, she could be hard on you know, she she wasn't just like give you a pass for everything. No, you no. Did. She would she would she would I mean they were there I would stay at her home weeks at a time on Grimes. I I was a Matt Holmes and I were roommates. We had a duplex on Nebo Road in Hiram. And I wouldn't go for, for two, three weeks, I would never go home. And Matt would send me a text. He'd be like, dude. Are you alive? We got bills to pay. You know, <laughs> and back then there wasn't Venmo and stuff like that, you know. And so I would I would go back to the duplex in Paulden County about once every three weeks. But I literally just lived with Sandy because I felt always comfortable and I felt um, loved and I felt a warmness because that's what the Bennett family when you were young, was. too, you know, when you when you first came to Atlanta. So it was probably like kind of living at your mom's house in a good way. But to to Wes and to Kim and to Shane and Heidi and uh, and Matt and to the grandkids now. I was thinking about this this morning. You know, Sandy has grandkids now the same age, if not a little older than I was when we started hanging out when I was 19 years old. Um, But she was uh, a very loyal, loyal friend to those that she loved. And she loved so many different people. And I'm better because she was in my life. And anyone that ran into her is a better person because Sandy Bent was in their life as well. So Godspeed, Sandy. And I, I, I God needs a fair warning that she's oh, going to be crazy up there. She's going to shake things up. Oh yeah. Um, I wonder if she'll flash. The, I wonder if she'll the, flash Jesus when she gets there. You know, <coughs> the karaoke machine has uh, been fired up there at the heavenly gates. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> she is singing along to her favorite country songs and uh, just a wonderful, wonderful woman. And, um, I'm blessed to have had her in my life. And today is, um, today's tough. Um, today's tough. I knew it was coming, but I woke up this morning about six and, uh, Heidi had sent me a text that just said, uh, I want you to know that, that mom passed around one thirty this morning. And I listen, I'd plan on going to the, take a pee and go back to bed. And I just, you couldn't. Um, and then just, you know, it, it sucks to Donna that often death is what it takes for friends and family to, absolutely come together for yeah. the first time in years you know yep. and, and so I, I i know that there will be a celebration of life a memorial service for sandy at some point um and i think that we just all need to do better about our, keeping up with our relationships and, and, and friendships whether it's just friends or whether it's family members i think yep. that everybody can do a whole lot better yes i agree all right where do we go from here well let's <laughs> The Olympics are continuing. Is that um, we're going to jump right into the Olympics? Yeah, we're going to jump. See, somebody said, do you want to, do you, do you really want to, I mean, it's, you learned this three hours ago. Do you really want to record today? And I said, you know what? I do because uh, 
and this is so cliche, but but you know, this is what she would want, you know. But Sandy literally, she would look at me, but like, CJ, Go to shut work. the f up and yeah. get in there and do your job. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry don't about worry me. About I'm me. Fine, yeah. You know? Exactly. And, and and we're all going to be fine as well. But uh, okay. So the Olympics, I, I I I didn't realize until I looked at the calendar. The closing ceremonies are this coming Sunday. If you're listening on upload date, it's Monday the second of August. I know it seems like it's gone. In some ways, I think because there's been so many stories out of it, it feels like it's like okay, it's going. It's been going on for a while. But then at the same time, as far as the events, the individual events go, it feels like it's been very quick i'll tell you I, I mean i've said we've been talking a lot about the olympics but i have really enjoyed the summer olympics i like olivia and i were watching the um because i think there's we were watching bmx biking there's so many sports that are so feel so new and so modern like in this olympics and that you know we've been able to watch charlotte is completely engrossed in tennis so we've been watching that with her she loves swimming and and i feel like you know i was telling you the sports because olivia's like where are all the other sports? It feels like, because when you turn on Olympic coverage at prime time, it's either usually track and field, gymnastics, or swimming. Right. You know, it feels that way. But there's so much going on. But the we watch BMX biking. I'm real, this sand volleyball, I just, I love that. Um, it's just amazing. The skateboarding. And I told you the other day, I think I'm as enamored by the, like the little outfits that they wear <laughs> as the sport, because they've tried to make the outfits semi-match the sport. So like the BMX bikers kind of like, you know, they have like, I don't know how to explain it, but they've like the van shoes and like the cool belts and everything. But I mean, it's just really funny when you see them out there doing their sport, because in some ways it feels like they should, I mean, they have to identify them from what country they're from, but it seems like they should, like the Australians had really cool BMX outfits. The Americans look like they were going to like private school for the first day, you know? Why do you think though that they're so heavy the first week with the, the most popular sports, I think you would say? And, and yeah. then the, the second week is 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 not as exciting. I don't think. Why wouldn't they do a better job of balancing that out? Well, I think there, a lot of them though. There's so many like rounds too that you're you're probably not seeing the whole thing. You know, if you finally get to the, you know, the final round, the swimming's been unbelievable. I mean, the Americans are just dominating, and um, it's been great. And then I showed you the tennis match the other day where the man that lost was destroying his racket. Yeah. You were like, what's he doing over there? Because the, the person who won, who Charlotte's obsessed with who, from Germany, Germany yeah. um, she's like, mom, he's really a good looking man. I'm like, okay, listen, that's not when we watch the Olympics. But um, I mean, I guess we do. But she, he's out there like celebrating his victory. And this, the person that lost him is over there just beating the crap out of his tennis racket. It's On like, sir, yeah. sir, like that can wait. Equestrian events are underway this week. And, and, and you're going to meet Jessica Springsteen. The last name Springsteen. Yes, it is the daughter of Bruce Springsteen, rock legend. Um, and, and and his wife, uh, Patty, what's her name? Scalfa. Thank you. She's a first-time Olympian uh, in the uh, equestrian events, and she has a chance at both team and individual medals this week. She's uh, only 20. She went to Duke University. Yeah, I knew she was an equestrian uh, writer. I I, mean, I did not know that she was going to the Olympics, but I did know that that because um, he's talked about it before and he's very proud of her and goes to see her events. But that's really cool. And we've had a conversation at home about Russia. Russia and if they were banned from the Olympics and what are they doing there? And and they were banned because of doping. But in a state sponsored doping program, but athletes from Russia who have not been caught doping are still taking part in the Olympics, and that's why they're known as the Russian Olympic Committee. The ROC is the way they're being referred to at events. It cracks me up. It's like they've renamed. It's almost like a branding tool. Like Russia's mean and evil, 
Like, you know, the little guy from, uh, crew, what's his name? Grew um. <laughs> from like the Incredibles or something, but like they've come back and renamed themselves. Like, you know, I don't know, like happy, like it's the happy team or whatever. I don't know. The Russian Olympic committee. Yeah. Cause I was like, why are they calling themselves the ROC? And then we looked it up and yeah, there you go. The we're, not, they should be called the non-dopers. Yes. Yeah. The non-Russian dopers. That's right. Uh, we're going to bump the Fallon piece. I don't want to find the clip, but and it wasn't really all that good. Uh, okay. Jimmy Fallon is doing five minute mini shows uh, while the Olympics continue on NBC. And he's, he did thank you notes is his bit that he does. And he did Olympic sports. Thank you notes. And I listened to it and I thought, you know what? Should we include it in the podcast? I thought, yeah, it'll buy some time. It'll buy a minute. Um, but then I listened to it and I thought, you know, it made me miss Kimmel even more because he's on vacation until like I know. Thanksgiving or something. And he has all these guest hosts. How do you get that? How do you get that gig? I don't know. And then he has a guest host and I feel like they keep rerunning the guest host. I'm yeah. like, I've seen that. Get, I've seen that before. So it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Coming up, we're going to fulfill our obligation uh, to music since we are a music podcast. That's our classification. According to Apple Podcasts, uh, including Morgan Wallen made his uh, 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 stage return. Big stage return. I think he's done a couple of clubs on Broadway, but this was in front of a sold-out crowd at Bridgestone Arena over the weekend. Garth Brooks uh, tried a show in Nashville, um, and he tried to reschedule it for the night after, which would have been this past Sunday, and he he had a big caveat in order to make this happen, and it was a private concert for a certain group of people, but they didn't come together, and so ultimately, this group of people is what caused Garth not to be able to reschedule his concert in Nashville on Sunday, the day after it was canceled because of lightning, so... All of that is coming up. The promo code is CADDY2021, C-A-D-D-Y, 2021, Uh Six dinners. I just want to highlight one of the packages here. Six dinners, two to three people, $139. Take the $30 uh, promo code for your first order. $109 is what you pay for six dinners, dinner affair, dinner, A-F-A-R-E.com. I mean, come on, $109. Seriously, we talked about this last week. I did finally go to the grocery store, spent 300 something dollars, and we're... We have mini muffins and some fruit, bananas. And I mean, it's it's incredible how much money you spend at the grocery store. And that's without like getting proteins and sides and all of these things for, you know, meals for your family. And school is here. First yeah. day is happening. Big week in Atlanta. Yes. For school's going back. So it's time, you know, if you've been putting it off and you've been eating pizza every other night like we have, or you've been running through drive throughs or you just sort of been cobbling everything together. It's time to kind of officially get back into the routine. And Dinner Affair can make that super easy for you. Contactless delivery. You're going to pick your meals. You can pick them as a family. Sit down in front of, you know, they have these, the pictures look amazing. The recipes sound great. So sit down as a family, pick your meals, pick six meals, give it a try. There's no contract. And um, you can get delivery as soon as probably next week or even this week. Yeah. There may be some slots open if you want to get going with it. There are also uh, 12 chef-created dinner packages, too. Again, it all you pick the package you want, and then you pick the meals that you want. It all depends on the number of people you have at your, you know, at your dinner table and how hungry they are, how many mouths you're going to feed, how much do people eat. $30 off your first order. Caddy2021 is the promo code dinneraffair.com, dinneraffair.com. Um. Let's add two songs to the Spotify Hype Song playlist. I was supposed to go first here. And I had every intention of getting up this morning early and working on the run of show. And it's a little uh That's okay. It's a little loose. Uh, I don't have a song. No. Oh, what would you what okay, let's do this. In honor of Sandy, what was one of her oh, favorite wow. songs? Um let me think about that because I want to make it right. Why, yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and add yours. And then okay. we'll, I'm sorry. We're going to be a little, uh, little sketchy. Loosey-goosey here. But, uh, okay, yours. so I am adding the fabulous Jane's Addiction 
um, Jane says. And I'm adding it in honor of Lollapalooza, which was back in Chicago this past weekend. Perry Farrell, who is the lead singer of Jane's Addiction, started Lollapalooza, if you did not know that. And I loved Lollapalooza. Every time I would come to what used to be Lakewood Amphitheater, like we would go. And it was like amazing. I still have one of my shirts um, from Lollapalooza. And it was like Jane's Addiction, Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, I can't remember who else. I mean, it was just this amazing lineup. And Jane says it's kind of a gritty song, to be honest with you. But it is, um, it's a great uh, Jane's Addiction song. And Perry Farrell is just, if you've never seen him, I mean, he's just like. A lot so, of tats, I think. Right? Yeah, and just dramatic, you know, just so dramatic and moody and at times druggy. But it, at, at the end of the day, um, he did create Lollapalooza. And that was, honestly, Lollapalooza was one of the first festivals to get festivals started. Um, up until that point, artists really did not roll out into cities, especially artists of this caliber at the time, because this was, you know, it was a lot of indie bands, but I mean, they were popular and you just didn't see them on the same bill together. Um, so it was, you know, that kind of started. He was the one who started that. The Warp Tour came after that. And then even like Country Music Festival, Stagecoach and all of that, those were born out of Lollapalooza, which initially started in Chicago, went back to Chicago this weekend. I will tell you the crowd shots I'm seeing, even myself who, listen, I love a good music festival and I want to be in the middle of it all. I, I could not do this. I don't even know if I could do this at 20 years old, much less at, at my age. What it's do you think? Packed. Oh my packed, God. Packed, like packed. not an inch of space. Um, we have a pod peep, Shannon Washburn, who reached out and wrote, my oldest is in Chicago at Lollapalooza. Uh, my husband, Tom, sat down to watch some of the live feed on Hulu. The band is playing, uh, the band playing is called Limp Biscuits, and it isn't a country band like I figured it would be with that name. Every other word was a very, very, very bad word, and they said nothing about biscuits. <laughs> and Fred Durst, I don't know if anybody saw this, if you're familiar with Limp Biscuit, but he looks so strange. Like he looked, and it's because he's so old. But I mean, it almost like he had a wig on, but it wasn't a wig. It was a gray hair. So anyway, yeah. We found it interesting the vaccine policy and testing requirements that must be in place in order to have attended Lollapalooza this past weekend in, in Chicago. Um, there were announcements that reminded people at the festival that they need to have either proof of full COVID vaccination or a negative COVID test result from within 72 hours of attending Lollapalooza. Here's the challenge with that second one. The negative test result within 72 hours is it's a four-day music festival. So what they had to do was bring in testing sites. Because you had to be tested twice. Yes, to Grant Park, and you could get tested on site if, if you were there for the entire four-day run. You're going to tell me, all of that mass of humanity yeah. was either vaccinated or That's tested? What they say. There's no way. I'm sorry. There's no way. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I love it. A testing site on site. Lollapalooza says that more than 90% of people who came showed proof of vaccination. 8% brought negative COVID tests. And for the 600 of you who showed up without paperwork, we hope to see you tomorrow. That's what they said. Does too. your insurance pay for that if you get tested at Lollapalooza? Uh, it was free testing. Oh, okay. Yeah, they Fantastic. had like a, a mobile uh, stick shop right there, right outside like the front gates. I love that. Hundreds of vials of uh, Pfizer and J&J, &J, single doses, and they were just roll up your sleeve and anybody wanting a uh, vaccine, and they had like CDC cards on hand, so they would fill out your card, you know, showing that you got vaccinated. But here's the thing. You yeah. don't, it's not like you get protected instantly when you get the yeah. vaccination, right? I mean, it takes how long for it to, to become effective? 
your second dose, obviously, if you do Pfizer or Moderna, but it's not even like when you get that second dose, you become instantly fully vaccinated. No, right? I've, a, he- I've heard from a friend who works at the CDC that it takes five to six weeks. But, right. I mean, you start building antibodies, you know, as soon as you get it. But n- I would say if you're at Lollapalooza, your antibodies are going to get X'd out by the other stuff you're doing. So I right. don't know. Very interesting. Morgan Wallen appeared at the sold out Luke Bryan concert at Bridgestone Arena over the weekend. As did, uh, who else? Was it? Jason Aldean. Tyler the guys Hubbard. from FGL. Tyler, Tyler Hubbard. Okay. Um, in a screenshot I saw from the show, Luke, Jason, and Tyler are directly behind Morgan sitting on coolers. And it appeared to me that Luke is holding a guitar, so maybe he was back in Morgan. Uh, the clip I saw, he was doing uh, Whiskey Glasses. And this crowd, the sold-out crowd at Bridgestone Arena was singing every word back to him. Yeah. Every single word of the song. I think they kind of sat back and let him have his moment. Now, you were telling me that, um, because I had, you know, we've talked about this before, that I knew somebody was going to test the water and kind of get him out there with him, you know, on tour or invite him up on stage, which is what they did. But um, Morgan was originally supposed to tour with Luke. Is that right? He was supposed to be there Saturday night as, as an opening act for Luke. But when all that happened, all that, you know, the racial service dropped back in February. And his career was put on hold, and they tried to uh, just just uh, uh, dissolve his career. Didn't happen. But um, Luke, you know, they had to find somebody else to, to slide in that slot. And so I thought it was uh, fitting, I guess, that Luke uh, Luke invited him to to, to come out and yeah, sing and, a song. Perform. Yeah, uh, Kanye. Oh boy. Uh, Kanye, as we suspected and discussed is going to throw a second album release party at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Okay. Do the people who pay the exorbitant amount of money to hear the first non-album get to come to the actual release for the second one? Do they get invited back? No, it's another ticket, $100 ticket. Could they not be offered maybe $10 off or something? I don't believe so. All right. Um, It's going to happen August 5th at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in downtown Atlanta. And this is for Donda. Yeah, Donda. Yes. Um, Remember, at the first party, they promised... About 10 days ago, I think, that, that you know, Kanye came and he said, we're going to throw a listening party. The album's going to drop at midnight. And then at midnight, nothing happened. The album wasn't there. And then we've talked about the fact that Kanye moved into Mercedes-Benz Stadium and, and brought a recording studio with him. And so he's been doing the finishing touches on the album. This time, they say, the album is coming Friday this Friday at midnight after the listening party Thursday night. Listening party, I, I saw online, Donna, especially ticket sites that are selling tickets, that they're very, very, they're, they're pushing the fact that this is a listening party. There's going to be no live uh, entertainment. You know, Kanye would do the same thing he did the first time, and that is just wander around. But but I heard the promoter was before. even like, okay, what are you going to do to, to set it apart? Right. I mean, these people have already been, they thought this is what they were getting. And now people have to come back. Do you think it will be as crowded the second time? I think it will be. Because yeah. can he pull the same trick again? I don't think so. Of course, he's Kanye well, West. That's true, but, but I... I I don't know. I mean, don't you think at some point, like Arthur Blank or someone is like, listen, this is getting old. Like this fella, you know, it's Arthur Blank because he probably doesn't know like a lot about is. Kanye. So he's like, this little fella, that's probably what he's calling him, is, has got to move on. With we, the pantyhose on his Yeah, head. we got to get him on his way. Can somebody facilitate this? Well, but they, they say they, they, they mean like his management, say that now there's a contract that he's actually, he's not squatting anymore. Mercedes-Benz Stadium officials originally said that when he, he, he started living there, he was squatting. Well, it's like an Airbnb. They couldn't get him out. There was no agreement. Yeah. And, and so now he's paying. Okay. I don't know who you pay. I don't know the rate. Um, can you imagine though, his final folio when he checks out, you know, they slide, they slide under your door at the hotel, yeah. you know, your final bill. <laughs> <laughs> what's going to be on it and the charges and all that kind of stuff. What though? I mean, like popcorn, like, I, I mean, like what is on there? I'm just, this entire thing fascinates me to no end. Garth Brooks 
played or was going to play. He tried to play. Nashville Saturday night at uh, Nissan Stadium, which is where the Titans play. And it was the largest concert crowd in history at uh, Nissan Stadium. 70,000 people, I think. They had a couple of opening acts. Emmylou Harris is one, I think. Chris Young, Trisha also did uh, some things. They were celebrating the, the Grand Ole Opry. And um, there were severe thunderstorms that, that came through um, about 30 minutes after Chris Young started playing. And they had to evacuate and, and send people into tunnels and gift shops and oh boy. beer freezers and coolers, I guess. Um, Garth never even made the stage. He never even took the stage. His plan was to reschedule for the next night, which would have been this past Sunday. Because a lot of people make a Garth Brooks concert, I think more so than any other artist maybe, or any other tour, it's a destination show. Well, especially one in Nashville. True. Because that's like the mecca, you know, for country music fans. So not only are they going to get this Garth Brooks show, they're going to get a weekend in Nashville. The biggest challenge about rescheduling was law enforcement support. They could not do it, a crowd of 70,000, unless they had a certain number of Metro Nashville police officers that were willing to come back Sunday and do the same thing again. The response originally from Garth's request was um, a little um, a little cool. Yeah. So Garth ups the ante and says, here's what I'll do. I'm going to throw a private concert for the members of the Nashville Police Department that come Sunday to help, and they can bring a guest. And so after the concert Sunday night, I'll throw a private show for the police. But even that offer wasn't enough to... Uh, get the number of national police officers to where it needed to be in order to execute the show Sunday night. So ultimately, it's been totally rescheduled, and uh, they haven't even announced a date yet. Oh boy! But you said why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't the police want to do it? You don't know how long they've worked. You don't know how many shifts they've worked. You don't. They know may not be Garth Brooks fans. That you don't know how many. They may have a family reunion or plans of some sort on Sunday, and, and, and couldn't make it. So it's disappointing to so many people that flew in, and uh, because obviously, if you can't come for the rescheduled date, your ticket can be refunded. I would imagine. Well, I'm sure Saturday was an incredibly long day, too, because what happened was when it first started raining, you know, as it does, it's like being in a swim meet with your kids. Lightning, 30 minute delay, lightning, 30 minute that delay. And you're like, oh, God, please let this end. Um, but people, you know, I mean, who knows what time the the police or the security the day it started. I'm sure it started super early. And then they kept waiting and waiting and waiting. But I will say, you know, it was not. I'm sure people were like, come on, he can get on stage. And, but it was really bad weather, like sideways raining, super heavy, wind blowing, and the lightning was out of control, which I thought could have been a nice backdrop for Earth with, you know, the thunder rolls. Right, right. But it didn't work. Can you Did, imagine, though, if you owned a bar or you were a bartender on Broadway, which is, you know, across the Cumberland Bridge from, um, from the stadium, y'all aren't expecting a crowd until 1130 or something. And then suddenly at 8.20, you see 70,000 people walking across the Cumberland River Bridge. Running, yeah. Coming down to to where you are. You're just, you're, your bar back just checked in. And yeah. they just got the ice to your place. You at Rippies. And they're ready to, uh, they're ready to drink. Yeah. Because the Garth Brooks concert is no more. You also brought up a very interesting observation, Donna, about the fact that in Nashville, there are artists that will... Um, show up to see another artist perform, as a especially fan. someone on the level of Garth Brooks. Oh, yeah, as a fan. I always think it's, it's just so interesting. So um, for the Garth Brooks show, I know like Rhett Akins was there, um, or Thomas Rhett, sorry. Rhett may have been there with him. And um, uh, Russell Dickerson, his wife, Russell was dressed up like Garth. 
He had on what? full Garth Rivigalia. Yeah, it was hilarious. Looked just like him. Like with the seven diamond shirt tucked in and the jeans and big old like rodeo belt Pearl buckle and hat. Yeah, it was he hilarious. Had on Russell Dixon yes. was wearing a cowboy hat. Yes, it was so funny. But when you think about it, at the end of the day, they're fans, just like we are. And I mean, if you go to Nashville and you go to a Predators game, country music fan or artists love the Predators. So, you you know, a lot of times you'll go and you would see Faith and Tim or Carrie Underwood and her husband are huge Predators fans. And I was even saying to you the night before at the Luke show, um, Jason and them, I think we're going to come, Jason Aldean and uh, Tyler from Florida Georgia Line, we're going to come and sing with um, or perform with Luke. But they had come. Tyler had come with his wife and another couple, John Shearer, who's a really great photographer in Nashville. They had come to the concert as like date night because they were they had it on their Instagram. And Tyler brought it. I was telling you, Tyler brought his own Yeti and carried it around, carried it around like a, a purse on a show on a show. And he has it like he he's like moving people out of the way in like the pit so he can open up his cooler to get everything out. Hilarious. But you forget about that. That country music artists are fans just like we are. You know. The next day on social media, which would be Sunday, what, what, what was his daughter saying? Oh, gosh. Tyler Hubbard, he had had a little too much to drink. Um, and she was giving him, it's really cute. If you follow them on um, Instagram, she was giving him like advice on, you need to drink a lot of water. She's like, you know, five years old, right. six years old. You need to drink a lot of water. You need to rest. And you really need to stop drinking the alcohol. So I thought that's good advice for everybody. They're so raw, but can be so, uh, yeah. so truthful. Yes. Out of the mouths of babes, they say, yes. We'll include uh, some screen grabs from the weekend, both the Garth Brooks concert and also Luke Bryan, the sold-out show with Morgan Wallen at Bridgestone Arena in the letter this Saturday. Text left on red. Red is the color R-E-D. There are no spaces. Left on red at the number 22828 to subscribe. Absolutely free. Hit your inbox Saturday morning at 910. Uh, alternative episode titles for the week. Uh, I'll include some photographs of my, uh, my dear friend Sandy Bennett and um, all kinds of stuff. Just a lot of stuff. Four-minute read. That's all we ask of you, and that's all I'm ever going to ask of you with the letter. Left on red to the number 22828. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. Ask for the Wolfman. Ask for Donna. And ask for Donna's daughter, Marilyn. That'd be the Wolfman's granddaughter, Marilyn, there at the 16,000-square-foot 16, 16, warehouse and uh, showroom. 1,600 square foot. 16,000? 16,000. 16, yeah, huge. that's a lot. It's It's 1,600- Browns Bridge Road. That's the address. Yes, and it's 16,000 square feet. And that's important. You know, Donna and them have another warehouse that even, I think, for a while you didn't know about. I had no idea. And so if you need something, they can go over to the other warehouse as if the showroom wasn't big enough and and pull from that. Um, I had some really good friends who did not take my advice and were going to, uh, instead of going up to gallery, we're trying to order. She wanted like this canopy bed. Well, Donna has those too, but she was trying to order it from, um, a big box retailer mm-hmm. that I will not name, but ends in hardware anyway. And do you know when the bed was going to be in stock? Uh, next year, Yeah, next year, I believe like it. June of next year. And she's like, this is ridiculous. And I said, I told you. So she drove, they drove up to uh, Gainesville this past weekend, got what they wanted. She said she saved more money then she would have, she couldn't believe how much money she saved just by shopping with Donna. So we keep telling you, um, if if you're in the market for furniture, before you start down that path and you go and you spend all this time going to these big box retailers, shopping through there, getting the salesperson harassing you, following you around, getting your financing, doing all that stuff. And then you get to the end and find out that everything you want is not going to be ready until 2022. Why do that to yourself? Go up and see Donna and Marilyn. If there's something that you have your eye on that they don't have in the warehouse, they will get it for you. 
they are happy to do that. So bring pictures, bring things that you're interested in. Um, and I guarantee you're gonna swatches. Get, yeah, you're going to get a better price Color on swatches. it, too, which is great. Shop now. You can pay later. Financing is available. Take it home today. When you find it on the showroom floor, they'll load it up. And you can take it home today. Something for every room in your house. And if you have uh, kids, young adults that are getting ready to head back to college this fall, uh, and you need to uh, you need to furnish a, a, an off-campus apartment or even a dorm room, head to Gallery Furniture, 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville. Ask for the Wolfman and uh, ask for Don and ask for Marilyn. And uh, on Facebook, uh, Wolfman and Donna. All right, what do you got? Uh, you signed us up for a TED Talk. Well. I mean, like, I am, my fear level is like at, my anxiety and fear level is at 400. I'm, we're, I'm really truly not prepared for this. And then we'll talk more about it in the next episode. But we have been invited to. Not prepared for the talk or not prepared to talk both, about it? Okay. Both. <laughs> both. <laughs> um, we have been ex- invited to speak at a a, a conference. Yes. Uh, which is it's a two-day conference, 17 speakers at the Grand Hyatt in Buckhead. Oh. And we're speaking on day one at 3.30, and tickets are free. Now, um, our very good friend and, and pod supporter, Tracy Cousineau, who is a real estate mogul, best-selling author, uh, and an entrepreneur, she is is spearheading this two-day conference. It's geared towards people in the real estate industry, but I think that if you're a business owner, you could learn or a salesperson. Right. I mean, a lot of the speakers are incredible. That's the problem. They're incredible speakers on, one of them is like hardcore closer. I follow him. He's amazing, the stuff he talks about and his life and his story. And I'm like, oh boy. So I said to you, I go, do we have a hype song like that we come out to? Do we have headless like like mics on? Like, are we, do we wear, like, are we supposed to dress alike? Are we like, what are we doing? I have, I have, I have no answers to those questions, and I have those same questions. And okay. we'll, we'll get them here in the next couple of days. I think we got 10 days mm. to figure this out. And That's also, plenty of time. And also to figure out what we're going to talk about. Oh, okay. That's plenty but of time. But I think that it's, you know, our, our pitch basically, I know that the name of our um, segment session is turning your struggles into success because we can talk about that all day long. All day. Um, and uh, we'll talk about it more next episode, but tickets are free. Elevate 2021 is the event. Elevate2021.com is where you go. But this is going to be the first stop on our speaking tour that we're super excited about. And we've been, you, you thought we were kidding about the speaking tour thing, and we're not at all. This is the dress rehearsal to the 12 city speaking tour nationwide that kicks off in October. And we're very excited about it. Well, this. and I do have one great idea that we're going to carry What's to it? this event. You know how like, okay, if you've ever seen Tony Robbins speak at the mm-hmm. end, he invites everyone out to like walk across the fire and the coals and stuff. You don't know this. I, I don't know. Oh my gosh. Everybody who knows Tony Robbins, yeah, that's what you do. And he rolls up his like khakis and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he walks across the fire. Everybody pit? does. Like you, you walk across your bare feet and you walk across them and he's like, and everybody's chanting because basically the whole thing about like motivational speeches is you just get everybody so crazy and do fired up, but then they get in their car and they're like, I'm going to do all this stuff. And they get in their car and they're like, I'm not going to do any of this stuff. Who am I why kidding? did I pay for this? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, it's going to be good. Well, but, I mean, ours is free. You don't pay yeah, for it. So don't worry about that. But here's what I've thought about. Instead of walking over coals, here's what we're going to have these people do. You ready? We're going to take them all to the back of the hotel and they're going to walk across Legos. Now that's when you really want to get something done. Have you ever? Let's work on that. No, that's incredible. Have you ever at two in the morning stepped on a Lego? I have, yeah. Okay. 
Like the pain is like no other pain. Are we going to have like lasers when we come in? And I confetti hope so. And the Atlanta Falcon cheerleaders and yes. Kanye may be there to, uh, to intro us and maybe sing our walk-up song live. That's what I was telling you. Don't call it a comeback. Yeah, it's going to be like wow. incredible, All you right. know, like incredible. Oh, cool. No. <laughs> Elevate2021.com. Head there. Get your free tickets now and we will see you at the two-day conference. Uh, we're there on Wednesday, August 11th, the first day, 3.30 in the afternoon. Is that a good slot or is that like a sleeper slot when it comes to conferences? Because I'm thinking that's a sleeper slot. Carl thinks it's a sleeper slot. But I think it'll be a great break because we're going to come in and we're going to speak. I think it's 45 minutes and, and we're going we're gonna to be funny. And, uh, well, we and, hope. And, I mean. Provide some comedic <laughs> relief and uh, talk about. I may about have a troubled tummy that day. I don't know. How to turn your, your struggles into success or something. We, we got to map it all out. Honestly, we have no idea as we sit here right now what we're going to be talking about. Um, but we'll figure it out. But it's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be good. And um, <laughs> it's free. So if, if it's not, you, you can't I mean, complain. Yeah, exactly. You can't get your money back. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act. We are part of the Appen Podcast Network. Bye.